Welcome back to Two Track Mind. I'm Liam Toms. With me, as always, is Edward Crawley. And today, uh, we're going to be focusing on the controversial topic of the cover song, <laughs> or the cover version, whatever you like to call it. Um, I say controversial because it often divides opinions, doesn't it, when, when you get a cover version uh, of, a, of a track, particularly if it's a classic. Uh, but we're going to go through the whole spectrum of good, bad, the ones we like, the ones that we're not as keen on. Uh, we've picked five. Now, those of you who've been listening to the podcast um, for a long time will remember that we used to kind of do top five, but it's a lot of pressure. So imagine this more that we've we've picked five and we're just going to sit around to get our records out and uh, and talk through our selections um but ed is going to lead the conversation so i'll hand over to you mr crawley oh yeah sort of put me on the spot there um i wasn't aware that i was leading this evening um <laughs> it just to be honest it just gave me a chance to swig my drink so if you'd like me to lead i can now do that oh he's going for another uh <laughs> drink sponsorship after our successful <laughs> interaction with um yeah brew and um, hop yeah hop Bruco. i don't think the white claw are going to be as keen in truth <laughs> a no. bit of a bigger company um you say controversial and none have been more controversial than a certain cover in recent years that was robbie williams doing everybody wants to rule the world um, and this isn't planned. It just happens to go well with what you're saying, because I was going to mention it anyway. Possibly one of the worst covers of a song I have ever, ever heard. And this is from a man who did Angels, Rock DJ, Let Me Entertain You, uh, all of the big hits. <laughs> I don't know whether I've either heard it or I've not but if i've heard it then i've definitely forgot it so that might speak volumes yeah it's terrible however a cover i would love to mention and you know when i when we came up with the topic i was like god there's so many covers i love from you know when you first get into music and you're like oh they did this cover and they're playing it live and we'll, we'll discuss some of those songs as well but this is relatively new, this this cover, but it is Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and it's by Weezer off the, um, the Teal album. Now, most bands tend to put a cover song maybe as a bonus track on a Greatest Hits or a B-side, and there's a few of them in my list. But Weezer being Weezer, they did a whole album of covers. Um, Mr. Blue Sky, obviously ELO. They did um, No Scrubs, which is TLC. They did, there was a whole handful, wasn't there? Um Take On Me, they did their own version of that. But I think the standout cover and a phenomenal cover because it suited them as a band, I think, and it suited River's voice, is Everybody Wants to Rule the World, originally by Tears for Fears. And for a cover that was what? It's now maybe a couple of years old, two, two, three years old at the most. It's it's so, so good. And to, you know, for a song that is as epic and as phenomenal as everybody wants to rule the world the original is insane i've done it at karaoke i love the song anyway and i think it's just one of those really well thought out covers where they haven't tried to change it or anything they've just basically done a like for like and it just works but it's clearly weezer because it's got river's voice and it's just it's just a great cover it's a phenomenal cover the the album what the is what is it that you like about the Weezer version that you don't like about the Robbie Williams? Robbie Williams um, sings it in like a different key. 
and his voice wavers a bit and it's it's very odd and there's some slower bits that he's tried to make it his own almost sounds a bit um I don't know. You, do you remember when Annie Lennox did a cover of Shining Light by Ash? I do, yeah. Yeah, and rather than the the high-pitched, you know, you are a shining light, when they're almost like shouting it or screaming it, but still very much in tune. Because Annie Lennox can't reach that note, she was like, it, she brings it down like an octave or whatever. The, you know, I'm not a... Uh, I play guitar to a very basic level. I don't know. I think it must be octave. But it, she sings it in like a deeper voice and it just doesn't suit the song. And Robbie Williams almost does that. It's very... And this is... A, not that I want to talk about the Robbie Williams, but this is a guy who did that Sing When You're Swinging album of like swing covers, which was very good. You know, I remember that coming out when we were in school. That album now must be 15, 20 years old. And that was a great covers album because his voice back then had this sort of deeper thing and he could do the like rap pack numbers and stuff but whereas rivers his voice has basically stayed the same throughout their career (laughs) he's one of those insane voices that you go back to the first album when he's singing you know surf wax america and whatnot and to the songs they're doing now his voice is basically the same he can reach the same pitch the same notes he's very very lucky like that and whether that's down to him looking after his voice or not drinking as much, not smoking as much. Obviously, Robbie Williams famously drank smoke and, you know, he talks about it quite openly as an autobiography and other podcasts, but, he, you know, he had a drug addiction at one point. And whether or not that's played havoc on his voice. Also, age. You know, this is totally side topic, but, like, Elton John, Paul McCartney, all these greats, you know, I watched... Um, an Elton John concert literally two nights ago because it was the one he did at Roundhouse as part of the, um, uh, is it the Apple Music? Um, yeah, the iTunes Festival. The yeah, iTunes yeah, Festival. I and I happened to turn on when he was singing Tiny Dancer, which is a phenomenal track. Like it's in almost famous, such an amazing scene when they're in the bus and they just start singing it all together. But I love the track anyway. In fact, at my wedding, we paid the band to learn it as an extra cover on top of their already extensive cover list. And back in the day, it was like, I, I'm not, I'll try and do it, but please, but he's like, hold me closer, tiny dance. Like it's up there. And now he's got. That's, that's all right. Yeah. Well done. No, but now he's got a lot of backing singers and it's hold me close, tiny dance. Because his voices, it just can't do it. Same with Paul Aged. McCartney. They just, they can't do it, you know. Phil Collins can still bash out his hits, but, you know, not everyone's as gifted, you know. But I, I just love the Weezer version. I think they didn't try to change it. They didn't try to be clever. They just was like, let's just... Because I think some songs, and it, I've got a question for you, but I don't want to answer, ask it straight away, so I'll leave it. But I think some songs don't need changing. Like, mm. some bands, it works. I think it's... For me, I'm not the biggest Me First and the Gimme Gimme's fan. Never really, and it's not that I didn't get it. I just wasn't bothered by it. The the I think the fact it was a super group enticed me more. But the whole I believe I can fly and everything, I just it never did anything for me because a lot of the songs. It's interesting. Were... I had a few of the albums back in the day, but I wouldn't say that I liked every single track. Um, and I, and I don't know. This kind of gets to the heart of the matter very early in this conversation, but. I don't know what it is necessarily that um, 
was the deciding factor whether I liked the cover or not. I think there's a multitude of factors with it. And and sometimes it's that I didn't know the original very well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the reason I don't like it is because I don't even like the original song. So the, the chances of me liking the cover is is less. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the rest of the Weezer album? Do you like any of the other tracks or is that one a standout for you? That That's the standout. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky is a great uh, cover. I thought what they did with No, excuse me, no Scrubs was great. A couple of them I don't particularly like. Um, Obviously, sorry. it stems from the, the cover they did of Africa. That was yeah. like the beginning of that project. And I mean, obviously, that's a, a song that we, we talked about before on the podcast that everyone always messaged me about every time someone does a cover or there's some meme related to it. Um, I, I was always okay on that. Like, I didn't, I, I thought it was all right. Like, I didn't dislike it. I didn't think it was incredible. It's fairly true to the original. Sometimes yeah. that can be a bit of a factor in just a sort of a mediocre kind of reaction to it. But yeah, so I've got I've got the list here. Like I wasn't, I was probably Stand by Me, Billy Jean, Happy Together, and Sweet Dreams didn't do a lot for me. Uh, Sweet Dreams, but uh, I may as well ask the question then. Um, <laughs> one track in, we're going deep again. Uh, as we do, we love a tangent, but do you have to like the original for you to like the cover or can you, it's a bit like all of the ones I've got here, my five, No, I love each. I can answer that. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. I don't, I don't think it is as black and white as that. And that's kind of what I was alluding to just a second ago that it's, I don't know what the formula is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've, purposely tried to pick a few to talk about today that cover that sort of broad spectrum of don't like the original do like the original you you know um just to try and demonstrate how how diverse it is i i really don't know exactly what it comes down to at the end of the day well yeah for instance here's a track that isn't in my my top five this is just one i happen to make i've got about 20 honorable mentions and you and i have already joked that there's maybe five that everyone will know that uh, what did you call them? Uh, Hall of Fame. The Hall of there's about five Hall of Famers that everyone will know, and I think if you asked the average punk crowd, I think ninety percent of them would say, "Yeah, of course I like that cover," whether they were a fan of the band or not. But a song that only came into my they were, it was on a release radar about three months ago is uh, the Vaccines covering "No One Knows." Now I'm not the biggest Queens of the Stone Age fan. I'm not even a massive fan of that song. I find it all a bit repetitive there. You know, when it came out in the video and the fact that Dave Grohl's in the video, because I think he drummed on the album because they hadn't, it was all very interesting, but I wasn't, I had the album, but I wasn't the biggest fan and I certainly don't listen to the album. However, the vaccines have done this amazing cover of it and they've made it sort of like, um, I was trying to think, I couldn't think of the word for the genre of music, but you, you know, um, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. It's yeah, like a pig film. There's a, the, the opening credits, there's a bit where there's, he's walking and zombies are sort of in the background, but he hasn't noticed them because he's just woken up and it's got this organ sound to it. And it's like, oh, a bit eerie. It's a little bit, but it's the organ I'm go, I'm, I'm going, going for. And the vaccines have used this organ and it's like, they slowed it down and um, his voice is more like, he gets some 
rooms. And they've they've just slowed it down, made it a bit jazzy, a bit bluesy, and it just a it, bit more sort of rockabilly type. Yeah, thing. yeah, rockabilly for lack of a better term, it's not quite that sort of. But yeah, not as upbeat. Yeah, it's not as and it's just got a bit of a dreary tone to it. It's it's the mm-hmm. tone, and I love it as a cover. I think it's a great cover, but not the biggest fan of the original. Like it's an all right track. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to sit here and say no one knows by Queens of the Stone Age isn't a good track. It clearly is, but it's not my particular cup of tea. But the cover is amazing. It's really good. Um, but yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe rather than these tangents, we what, give me one of yours that's in your top five. Otherwise, we're well, just, just going to chat about other songs. It's, it's all right. This is this is why we didn't want to restrict it to being a or promise that it would be a top five. I think <laughs> the ones that we've picked have just kind of given us um, uh, a sort of a guide to keep the conversation moving. Just on what you were saying there, like that's another big question about covers. Is I would think in principle that the cover would be good slash at least interesting if the band did it in their own style. But I don't always know that that's a a given either, because sometimes it can be true to the original, and well, you still you still like it. Well, so I was listening to Radio One back when Live Lounge started. That isn't <laughs> that sounds like a boast. <laughs> like, <I'll> get you. <laughs> you know, that, you know. I saw the I have a dream speech. You know, it's, it's, we'll it's, pay the it, license fee. <laughs> well, yeah, but um, so I used to be a big Radio One. Uh, fan of when Chris Moores was on the Radio 1 particularly. Um, but then obviously Joe Wiley and then Fern Cotton did the Live Lounge. And there was, there's been s- some bands that have come in, like Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars. He did Stronger by Kanye West and totally changed it. I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I really didn't get it. And then Jim Class Heroes came in. In fact, it wasn't. It was Travi McCoy after he did that... Um, what was his first single? Money or something or Billionaire? I can't remember. I want to oh, be a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So fucking bad. Because it had... Uh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. He sang that bit. And he did a cover. <laughs> Fuck it now. And I urge you to go and YouTube this. He did a cover of Little Lion Man by Mumford & Sons. And I think because of the acoustic version of whatever single he was promoting at the time, I think it was Billionaire, was so good. And it was like, yeah, he's, he's come in, he's vibed it. They've got the the wooden drum that, you know, that they sit on and they play and he's just rapping over the top. And then he tried to sing Little Lion Man. He didn't do it mm. in his own style. He tried to copy it. And unfortunately, Travis McCoy can't sing. And he didn't have a... Ver- uh, he- he can. I don't. I, maybe he wasn't perhaps prepared for. In the uh, same sense, a, a in like the, Little Lion Man. But I think it's in the same sense that Kanye West can't sing if he's got a mic with auto tune and a and a vocoder over the top of it. Yeah, sure, Kanye West can sing, but unfortunately, Travis McCoy's singing Little Lion Man didn't work. And I swear to God, it was the most awkward finish to a song I've ever heard because Fern Cotton had no idea what to say. And I was in agreement didn't with that. Work. Yeah, because he, sh- it, one, he maybe should have done a song that played more to his strengths, you know, or... I think that's that's an interesting point you feel there. I think sometimes uh, artists might go for a cover of a song because they really like the song. Yeah. And not because they can actually... Pull it off. Do it, yeah. Yeah, so it, it wasn't the best of covers. But then again, 
I had so many. I heard Foo Fighters do um, uh, "Band on the Run" by um, uh, Wings, and yeah. Jesus Christ, he that that became like a bit of a staple for them. He went and played that with his band at a Paul McCartney celebration fest with Paul McCartney in the front row. And he's mm-hmm. there doing that, and it just suited Dave Grohl because they made it a bit heavier. It had three guitars over the top of it, and it's got Dave Grohl singing it. And they clearly had thought about it. They'd clearly gone, here's a rock, here's a track that is basically a rock track. We can make this heavier, and it won't sound out of place. And they did, and it really, really worked. And there's so many bands that do that. And for, it's for interesting. Instance, they've channeled they've channeled a little bit of that track on um, the new album. There's a song "Chasing Birds," which I when I listened to it, I was like, I'm getting a I'm getting a real Paul McCartney vibe from this. Um, and it took me a, a few listens to realise that it it does sound a lot like that first section of "Band on the Run," like the oh, yeah, yeah. the more chill bit before it goes into the the next section. Yeah. So they obviously have got a uh, yeah fondness for that track. Well, yeah, it's like. Um... Some bands have really hit the nail on the head. Like, um, well, for instance, in my top five, I'll just there's a a track by Suede called Animal Nitrate. I'm assuming everyone will have heard Animal Nitrate. Um, no, if you I don't haven't, know what is it? Oh, a phenomenal track by Suede. Oh, that's a really terrible version. Oh, it takes you on. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know it, yeah. Don't know it by name, but I know it, yeah. Basement covered it for a um, a free track seven inch they put out uh, to go in between. It was in between two albums. They released two singles. Um, the title track was Further Sky, and this was on the B side, and it was just on its own. And dear God, it is. Ah, oh, such a good cover. It's in my, it's in my top five. Um, but Andrew Fisher, the front man of Basement, his vocals just suited it so well. They didn't try and be clever. It's slightly heavier maybe in parts with the guitar tones and everything that they use, but it's, oh God, it's such a good cover. And I basically bought that 7-inch for the cover. Like, it was so, it's so, so good. Um, Basement, a English band or American? English, but they are probably, they are arguably bigger in America. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would understand. I, I, I was just thinking. I can't remember how big Suede were in the US. They were sort of predominantly a British band, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Um, they sort of came. You know, Suede are arguably probably they're still quite a big band. I still think they'd probably be playing Brixton. Um, Am I right in saying they were managed by Ricky Gervais? Um, that is a fact I would have no idea on, to be honest. I think it's Suede. Yeah, I think it is. You're not thinking of Sade, are you? It's about very similar. No. <laughs> <laughs> or his but, own band, what was it? Siona Dancing, I think, was Gervais' yeah, actual yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he do... managed Suede for a bit. Oh, very... Uh... Probably prior to them becoming, you know, the success that they were. But, yeah, I'm sure. But, yeah, that. they... Um... But yeah, so well, you've heard two of my tracks. So you, I think it's time you offered up one of yours. You're you're keeping them very close to your chest. <laughs> well, I've I didn't really put them in any particular order, so I'll just go from the top. Um, the first one that I've got on here is Punchline, uh, and the song is uh, "Found Out About You," which is a cover of the band Gin Blossoms. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Gin Blossoms were a predominantly American 
banned. I don't, I don't think they they had much success in the UK. So, and, and they were a little bit before our time, but I, I don't think they were. I don't think they cracked the UK. I think at that point was probably when um, Britpop was was taken off over here. So I don't think we kind of understand the legacy perhaps as much as an American audience might. Just but, um, were, were Gin Blossoms one of those bands who got in a movie? Was their big track Jealousy? Yeah, possibly. In a movie. Possibly, can't remember. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that much about Gin Blossoms at all. Um, and I hadn't heard the original until this afternoon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd, I'd had a live version of it because on the Punchline documentary that came out last year, or music special, whatever they like to call it, um, there was some footage of Jim Blossoms playing the song on tour and Steve from Punchline singing with them. Oh, wow. um, but I only knew this from the Punchline EP of songs, which is called Songs from 94. Mm-hmm. Oddly, <laughs> this song isn't from 94. It's on an album that came out in 92. So I don't know quite how they managed to bend the rules to put it on this EP. Uh, but it's a good little EP. It's a, it's a wide range of tracks. They do um, Fun Loving Criminals, uh, Cranberries, Weezer, and then this Jim Blossoms track. Um, oh, wow. So definitely check it out. It's, it is good. But found out about what you because I didn't criminal? know the original song. I was able to appreciate it just as a punchline song. Now, going back to listen to the original this afternoon, I'm seeing not only how um, true to the original they played it, but also how much Steve from Punchline, in terms of his uh, his delivery of, of how he sings, is so inspired by this guy. And I mean, I, I know in the past they've they've sort of raved about how you know inspired they were by Jim Blossoms, and I think they've toured with them a couple of times, but just the delivery on on the chorus like which obviously steve replicates on the cover but it's just it's so punchline to to hear it now so it's interesting when you start to delve back into the catalogs of bands that have inspired the ones that you've been listening to for years and you you start to see the yeah. fabrics of like how they they formed their sound so it, yeah i mean as a cover it doesn't do anything particularly special and it didn't need to do a lot to sound like punchline because actually there's you know, as I say, there's there's that inspiration anyway. Uh, but it's just a song that I've just really enjoyed in the last couple of years since it came out in 2019, I think. Um, and yeah, I'm including it for that reason because it was a song that I didn't know <laughs> uh, before I heard the cover. Yeah, I listened to both versions today. I'd, I'd heard the Punchline one because I think you possibly sent me the EP as a Spotify link. You know, have you checked this out yet? So I already knew the punchline version, although it was nice to remind myself of it. And yeah, it's a great cover. But like you say, Steve, Steve is a vocalist who he's, again, one of these lucky people who can just hit any range. It's phenomenal. Because um, I listened to a new Jim Blossoms um, from the Jealousy track, that Hey Jealousy track. Yeah, it's really and, well. and I swear it was in a film, um, which would, because which would explain maybe why I'd heard it because I don't know why they would have come on my radar any other way, but anyway, but yeah, it's a great cover, but like you say, they didn't try and do anything clever with it, but it just, it's works as a cover. It doesn't need anything special done to it. Um, which, you know, you, you, it argues how much of a, is it a cover or a copy, you know? And I think if something's broke, if something isn't broke, why, why try and fix it? Because, that's a good point you know there, there, there is almost like some semantics to this like you know cover sort of suggests a copy doesn't it but like a rendition might be like where it's a different version or, or reinterpretation like those words might be more accurate to describe some of these 
um, I didn't include it on the list, but a recent one is the um, the Def Cab for Cutie cover of Waterfalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which couldn't be any less like the TLC yeah. version, and it's and it's unlikely it's going to. Now, when I first heard it, I I was like. Yeah, it's okay. I kind of liked it in the same way, like if someone does like an acoustic cover of a song, like sometimes an acoustic cover just can be quite bland. Um, and maybe we'll talk about some that aren't in a bit. But the f- the thing that I was finding with it is that even though obviously I'm a huge Def Cab fan, mm-hmm. I kind of felt a little bit like it had sort of bled a lot of the energy, like the 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 color and the vibrancy of that TLC classic. Um, and it took me a while to actually grow to like the Def Cab cover because for a while I was just a bit like, you've taken a really like, you know, massive song here yeah. and kind of reduced it down to not a lot. And I think that's what sometimes happens with the acoustic cover. Uh, and I, I should credit Sam, actually, because Sam and I were talking about this the other night because I told her this was going to be a topic for the podcast. And she actually raised that point about sometimes an acoustic cover is just a bit simple and 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 is not very interesting Uh, and i totally agreed and and then i used the def cab thing as an example of something similar uh but as i've gone on i've sort of grown to like the def cab song as a a standalone track uh i've started to kind of forget that it's even a cover and just enjoy what they've actually done with it and there is there's layers of instrumentation it's not just as simple as just ben and acoustic guitar yeah Um, yeah. so no i've grown to like that cover well let's have let's if we can, if people don't mind us going on another tangent, um, two songs that I wanted to give a nod to from possibly one of the biggest champions of an acoustic guitar uh, that the UK has seen on the sort of um, folk scene, should we say, um, is Frank Turner. Um, very well known for dabbling in covers and two covers that he's done, which we've been lucky enough to both see just him and an acoustic at um, some of the solo shows he did before he was sort of bringing a band more on tour. Outdoor Type, originally by the Lemonheads, which is a cover in itself, um, which I wish I'd written down, but I think, I swear it's, the Lemonheads covered it as well, which is, I might be fucking making that up, so let's not delve too deep into that. And obviously the Dick's, uh, Dick, <laughs> Uh, District Sleeps Alone Tonight uh, by the Postal Service. And arguably, let's focus more on District because it's clearly different. It's credit where credit's due. It's a phenomenal cover like of what he did to that song and his use of the voice and the, the raising it and getting slightly like more passionate and louder and the just the, the thrashing of the acoustic guitar like... I'd argue I almost like his version as much as I do the original. Um, and I love the Postal Service. You know, I've got, I'm, I love what, you know, that band did. And we've been lucky enough to go and see them when they did the reunion. But Frank's cover is one of those tracks where I go, do you know what? <laughs> I'd, on a, on a, on a different day, I could probably like one over the other, you know, in that. Mm. Um, and, that's... I think he sings the hell out of that song yeah. when he does it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that helps. Like, it's kind of got its own quirks in it, hasn't it? Like, because he kind of like, and, I, and the thing is, I I can't remember the the original live version that he did. I'm I'm probably basing this on the studio recording, which I'd have heard a lot more recently. But there's the bit um, towards the end where he kind of just like slows down what he's playing on the guitar and really belts out a couple of lines, um, and it sort of becomes memorable for that. But also like, 
it's interesting because we're talking about Def Cab just a second ago and saying how it's kind of gone that way with their cover of TLC. But I think Frank's almost done a little bit the same here. But again, it's not black and white, is it? Because he's taken out some of what's interesting about the Postal Service. Because the Postal yeah. Service, if it, if it didn't have all the instrumentation and it was just Ben and acoustic guitar, I'm sure it'd still be good. You know, the songs would, would be undeniably good, but it wouldn't have that USP, that unique selling point of been combined with the programmed uh, tracks so yeah you, you just you, there's no there's just no formula for this like you you could argue that why would you take that stuff out like that's what makes the postal service great but i think frank just nailed that cover yeah i think he gave it for lack of a better he gave it some balls do you know what i mean like yeah. he he obviously stripped it down and went all right what what can I do with this then? Because obviously the or all in the original and everything is it's so clever, and he's obviously gone okay. I'm just, I've just got an acoustic, but I love this track. I love this band. I need to do something with it. What have I got? And he he used his strengths. You know the fact he came from punk rock hardcore band when he started, so he can raise his voice and give it that texture. And then, but obviously Ben when you're covering something like waterfalls, you know, he's either got to simplify it and make it all about his sort of dulcet tone, that sort of warm voice that Ben's got because he can't go the other way and make waterfall into like a, a heavier version because it's not sort of in his locker. Like he's used to breaking stuff down and making it sort of mellow. And you're right. Yeah, you're right. I think sometimes when a band does a cover version, if it doesn't sound like them, sometimes that can be a bit jarring. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they, they might totally pitch it the wrong way. And I think sometimes it can just throw them, can't it? Like where well, they take a track, they're trying to do it in their own style, but maybe they they shy away from that a little bit and they, they kind of try and do something different. Uh, and it ends up with a sort of like a weird amalgamation of not quite their sound and not quite the original. I was thinking as you were talking about two things in those two tracks that make them really interesting. In the Frank cover of uh, District Sleeps, he plays something that you can't hear on the postal service original where it's just that that opening uh, few um bars of where it goes doom yeah i know as flat as i possibly could but um do you know what i mean that's not on the original track so that's kind of given it its own hook and then on the def cab cover of tlc there's like a there's like a little bit that's going Right. Look at the waveform as we're recording this. That's like perfectly like syncopated the thing. But anyway, my point is it's adding like a new hook for for the for your enjoyment of the song. Do you know what I mean? Which isn't necessarily in the original track which is giving it a bit more character so on, so that that thing that they do on on the def cap cover there that, that strange noise that i just made it's <laughs> i think that might be based on the on the melody of the verse isn't it so it's it's sort of like based on that but he's kind of taken it and sort of re-engineered it Hold on into... a second. I, I, I don't want to embarrass you but that was that was pitch perfect that was... <laughs> That I had was, to put it around after the first fuck up. I'll try and do fucking, the Frank one again now. <laughs> that was fucking lovely. I, I, I've heard. I've been in a vocal booth with you. That was that was bloody gorgeous. Uh, I think I think we clip that and we put that out as the episode. Uh, um, bloody advertisement, son. 
<laughs> and I, I'm being genuine now. I'm not being sarcastic. That's back. It might sound bloody awful. Um, <laughs> but but you get what I'm saying, though. I've, I've sort of like strained to make my point there. But <laughs> um, I guess what I'm saying is it, it's it got to be crafted more than just simply just learning what the, the chords are and just playing the song as you would normally play in your own band. Do you know what I mean? Like... Well, that is the difference between a wedding band covering a song and yeah. and a band who are established and have established singles, albums, a touring, a, a covering a song. Um, because uh, so, a, a tr- another track that I've got in my top five, which is a track that I really again, it's another new one, and I really wanted to pick really old covers, but I think when you hear a track. And I really did stumble across this one by accident because I just went through, I think it was after, a, um, what was the episode? Um, live bands we wanted to see uh, that we might never see. And obviously one of yours was Daft Punk. And mm-hmm. I sort of went down this wormhole of going through like and listening to like Daft Punk, Roiksop. Um, I think at the time before I found out there was a little bit of media coverage on that, but I put Azealia Banks on 212. I made a bit of a playlist of like older, like dancey tracks, a bit of Fatboy Slim in there, a bit of Chemical Brothers. And one of the tracks that I used to absolutely love, and I still love now, I just don't listen to it, is Hot Chip over and over. Um, that over and over and over yeah. and over. They were like a, a Glastonbury favourite and they'd always get a decent amount of coverage on the Glastonbury highlights and they did a, like a, a deluxe edition of an album in 2015. Um, and it contained on it dancing in the dark. Now that is a track that if you told me anyone had covered that, I would have gone, what are you doing? You know, and there are people who have done acoustic versions of it. Christ, I know the chord pattern and I've tried to sing it to Christy and, you know, woo her of an evening with a, a glass of wine and a, a curry. And it's very much not worked. Um, but to see it on the list of Hot Chip, I was like, oh, maybe it's just a coincidental name. You know, it's they've, it's a song with the same name, you know. It, and then I put it on and I was like, oh, my God. You can hear the chords, you hear the notes, and you're like, they're, they're doing Dancing in the Dark here. And it is, it's like nearly six minutes of just dance brilliance with, the, with Dancing in the Dark as the sort of, the, the oh, it's just, it's such a good cover. And it's totally different. It is totally different. But it's so, it's so, so there, fucking good. We- when you sent me the list uh, earlier in the week, I was a bit like, a bit like you said then. Like on paper, I was like, I don't think I want to listen to that. But you've sold it to me a bit more now. I'd, I'll check it out. It's just like, and the ending, it sort of breaks down. It goes a bit mashy as if you're like, and I could imagine myself at a gig just going off, listening to it because it, they almost, it almost sounds like they've been in the studio and they've got to like three minutes at 30 and they've gone, keep it rolling, you know, keep that bit rolling. Let's mm. see where we go with this. And they've gone on for another two minutes and he's dropping extra vocals in and he's sampled a few bits. And it's it's so good. So good. But it's uh, that, raises it. a, that raises a, a question. Would you consider it a, a cover or a sample? It's, it's definitely. So I was thinking of this because Fatboy Slim has become very famous now for his sampling you know he's i think i watched a um something from uh what's that coachella 
where he's like dropping in Psycho Killer by Tor, and like it's like bum ba dum ba dum. And then suddenly it's like Psycho Killer, Keska saying, and he did it when we saw him live. I think it was one of the samples he did. And he's like going off, and it's literally 20, 30 seconds, and then it's back out, and it's he's dropping right here, right now, in or whatever. But this is this is all the lyrics are there. It's a complete song. So mm-hmm. I would I would I would call it a cover, but what they do at the yeah, end is they just they play with it a bit. That's all. Um, yeah, that seems a fair distinction. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 a cracking cover, and it. But it's the reason certainly... I ask is because I think a lot of those '80s songs, like they were very um, the songwriting in the '80s were the very very chorus heavy, very big uh, sing along choruses, uh, very sort of pop friendly, radio friendly tracks. Um, and a lot of them get sampled. And I think a lot of the dance tracks that we heard as we were growing up through late nineties, early two thousands, it's been like a, a discovery in the, in the years that have followed of realizing, Oh, that's from this song. And Oh, that's from that song. And more (laughs) often than not, they are from eighties songs, uh, because the choruses are, are so, uh, uh, ripe for, for plucking, for, for putting into dance tracks. Well, that, um, God. Doesn't that lead nicely to? <laughs> I'm building up so no segue oh, sorry, into sorry. edit that bit out. Edit that bit out. Right. I'll stay quiet. So, sorry. Look, 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 look. So I've written these out in a row. Okay. This is the last one on the list. So I wouldn't have got to this if I had not seen this angle for introducing it. Well, this is, good. Included, this is good. I've included on this five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Calm yourself down. Uh, I've included DJ Sammy Heaven, which is a, to be fair, is a Brian Adams cover, right? Yeah. Because it does go through the whole song, but nowhere in the Brian Adams original do you get the big dance beat of bam 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 Although, if I was to do my breakdown again, it is kind of derived from the. And it's just. So it's like it's slowly been engineered from that huge chorus. I was watching. This is a tangent, but it is related. I was watching a new film that's on Netflix called Moxie. Have you watched it yet? No, I can't say I have. Okay, um, it's from Amy Poehler, who was the um, she was in Parks and Rec and was the mum in Mean Girls. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, has got yeah, a heavy yeah. Mean Girls vibe. This this new film, um, uh, perhaps more suitable for a twenty twenty one audience than perhaps Mean Girls was. Um, definitely go watch it. It's a really good film, and it and it's got um, a lot of stuff about Bikini Kill and uh, sort of that era of punk rock All stuff. Right in it because um well, I, won't, I won't spoil it but um and there is a cover in in the film there's two covers that i picked out one i when i heard it i was like i know this i know this i know this and when it clicked i was like of course it's fucking brilliant right and i won't tell you what that is i'll let you go and have that surprise <sighs> but another one that was in it and i did a similar thing it took me a while to realize what it was there's a twee little acoustic pretty version of um heaven the this obviously this bright Adams song uh which yeah, I, I also enjoyed. But the odd thing is, 
I don't really care for the Brian Adams song that much. I just I find it a bit dreary in truth. Yeah. Like the song is is good. Like the song the songwriting is good, but I just find it drags a little bit. And and maybe that's what he was going for. And you know, I've got respect for Brian Adams. He's he's written some some classics over the yeah, over respect, his career. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Brian. Um <laughs> he's just done the a respect sign there. Yeah. <laughs> but this DJ Sammy tune, and let's be fair, there were a lot of songs like this, uh, even one from DJ Sammy, the, the Boys of Summer cover, which I've got no time for at all. Uh, but there's a lot of songs like this in the um, sort of dance charts that, that you know we were out when we were, I guess, 15, 16, that sort of age, that I don't think have stood the test of time that well at all. I think there was something about the production at that point that just, even compared to 90s dance tunes, they don't sound as good now. But something about this one, I personally feel has held up quite well. And I don't even think I realized how much I liked it until it started to come on. Um, I, I'm a real sucker for like when I'm driving around on like a, on a weekend night and on the radio, it's like dance classics, <laughs> yeah. like, especially if I'm not going out. It's like a little bit of a way to live sort of um, vicariously through the, uh, the radio. Um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll gladly turn the radio right up if, if a real tune comes on. Um, and this would be one that would get me turning the uh, the dial up a little bit. Um, and I can't tell you what it is about it. I, I you know, I, I really don't like the, as I say, the, the cover that they did of, um, or the DJ Sammy did of, of Boys of Summer, uh, but it's a different vocalist. It is, I, I was reading a little bit into this. It's, it's one girl that um, offered the vocals for the Heaven cover and a totally different vocalist that did um, Boys of Summer. Um, also, Boys of Summer is obviously... Uh, that the, the space in our hearts for a cover of that is is taken by the Ataris, of course, around the same sort of time. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm here today to fight the corner of how good I think the DJ Sammy uh, rendition of Heaven is, <laughs> and well, look, I will die on that hill. I, is there is there an argument to 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 say how a song makes you feel? And in regards to the Heaven cover, like. Jokingly, I've had my arms up when you were doing the da, 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 da. but it's the like it's the build up. It, baby, you're all that I need. When you're like, I just imagine myself in a fucking field off my tits. You know, yeah. when I'm lying here with your heart, baby, heart of early. I can just imagine going mad for it, like and just going absolutely berserk to it. It's one of the reasons Look, why the stranger I, things have happened. I, I wouldn't be <laughs> exactly that day. exactly. Being in a, uh, I don't know, in a, some sort of occasion, be it a club, be it a festival, who knows, uh, in the future, once we're past uh, the worst of this uh, current situation, we're in, this song will come on <laughs> and we will have this moment where we go, it's happened. It's, it's happened. happened. Here we are. Um, who were some of the other big, am I right? Did Scooter do a big cover? Um, yeah. So theirs was a sample though, wasn't it? Because it was, yeah, um, it was um, I'm, the Mamas and the Papas. Yes, that was it. Because um, I was just—I remember I was... that right, or have I completely twisted that up with the um, the Gym Class Heroes track, the um, Breakfast in America? I no, I, I think they are. Through... I think they're both Mama and Papas. I, I'm going through Scooter's bloody back catalogue, and it's not in the top five. What um, is the top track? Oh, uh, Paul is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Scooter has come up on the podcast before. That is an odder reference to Scooter than I think the one we had before, where it was the thing about the... um, 2020! That's the one. God Save the Rave. Oh, the logical song. 
Yes, that was the, the yes, that it is. It's number three. It's number three. Um, but yeah, you're right. There was a lot of dance sort of remixes. Um, it was the female dance. Um, she did one, didn't she? Fuck. Ah. Uh, do you know what? We'll do a playlist anyway, and we'll chuck some of these dance covers in. Um, as always, we'll we'll run a playlist alongside this, and we'll shove some of our favourite covers in there, and some of the ones that we won't get to mention. But we'll do a covers playlist to to go alongside this show, um, and I'll we'll chuck the scooter one in there because it, it you know it'd be good Just to see to, what people uh, think. It's it's I got it wrong. It's not mamas and papas. It's Super Tramp. That was the <gasps> ah yes yeah yeah. We don't we don't always get it right. You know, no. it's okay to Give use. Spotify occasionally. Um, that was Wikipedia, to be fair. Oh, was it? Um, yeah, that, that. To be fair, I wouldn't. If someone put DJ Sammy Heaven on, I wouldn't turn it off. I'd happily listen to it. I'd be like, yeah, loving this. Turn it up. It'll yeah. make you think. Uh, of you me can, now, won't it? Well, yeah, you can only play it loud. Um, and I think you were saying about eighties covers. So maybe it's time to mention a couple of the. Um, maybe the honourable mentions. But one of them is one that you sent me. Um, uh, it didn't, it's not in your top five, is it? I'm not wrong in thinking this. The... Dum, dum, da-dum, dum, 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 You were working at a disco in... Oh, right. No, no, no. there's not... All right. I didn't know why to realise what it was. All right, so Real Big Fish and Zoloff, the Destroyer. Rock and Roll Destroyer. The Rock and Roll Destroyer did a, a sort of a cover EP. And one of them was by the Human League, Don't You Want Me. And again, it's just a great song originally because it is a massive 80s tune. There's no, there's no denying. And it is just a great cover version. Uh, sort of twisted it a bit, but didn't stray from the path too much so i think that needs a nod another track that isn't in the what are we calling it again not hall of fame that it's not we're not mentioning the hall of famers yet but another track that definitely deserves a mention a owner of a lonely heart originally oh, yeah, by, I totally forgot about that one. Oh, like the 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 yes version is amazing anyway and their version is just like down, down, out, down, out, boom, down, out, down, down, out, down, out, boom, battle, now, now. Like, yeah, it's so sort of beefed good. it up a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah, beefed up is perfect. Um, didn't make my top five, but it was so fucking close. So, what I ended up doing was shoving a really obvious one in there, which uh, I'm sure people are like. I'm sure because we had so much response from this on the Instagram. So thanks for that. Thanks for all your suggestions. We'll get to a few of them um, at maybe at the end of the episode if we've got time because we've got loads to cover. And I put a couple of posts out on a few community pages on Facebook and we had so many suggestions. And what seemed to be a big thing on the Scar Punk community thing was this 80s cover um, thing. Like uh, Talking Records podcast messaged and said, I love a band doing an 80s cover so many people agreed and one of them is i think arguably one of the biggest covers that it was because it was on the radio and they were massive is no doubt it's my life originally by talk talk mm-hmm. and obviously the the main difference is it's got a female vocalist in gwen stefani but 
it again, it's just the most amazing track originally, and it never needed a cover because it's the Talk Talker a band that just you know phenomenal at what they were doing with a pop hit, but then no doubt to come along and just it, it, it made it their own. Like there'll be people out there who are no doubt fans who don't know it's a cover because it's such a good song and such a good version. And I, I it's in my top five because I just love it. I, you know, it's one of those ones again that I would be like, well, do I prefer it to the original? I on, a, on any given day it could change. You know, I'm glad I'm glad you included it because it gives me an opportunity to talk about No Doubt for five minutes. <laughs> Which to be fair, I don't think we've really talked that much about No Doubt, and and I think there's a it's funny how these things sort of go in circles because I feel like there's a little bit of a sort of like cultural kind of, uh, I don't know, back turn to, to no doubt at the moment. I, I think perhaps because some people don't like um, Gwen's solo stuff and, and they've not done anything really for about um, 10 years now. Uh, but I've been, for whatever reason, I've been, I've sort of gone down the rabbit hole of, of YouTube uh, videos and I've been watching loads of early No Doubt stuff. And it's incredible from like 92, 93, like watching them. Obviously, they're, they're a bigger band back then when they were doing more of a ska sort of thing. Um, and it's just insane, like just seeing this band that I, I just feel like they were part of our era, but seeing them like 10 years before that in, in a totally different um, setup where they're like playing like, uh, you know, sort of like college, like, I don't know, festivals, like just like on, on the green of like a university campus or something. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll link you to some of these videos because you've got to see them. It's, it's crazy. Well, no, no, I've, I, I, I've done that wormhole myself and Gwen just used to throw herself into performances. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, like, it's insane. Phenomenal, and you just think from phenomenal stuff, you know. But that, that kind of leads me to, you know, what I was going to say though, because like, then you get to like this later era of No Doubt where they kind of moved away from the scar sound and leaned heavier into like a new wave kind of vibe. And that has dominated probably, I don't know, from even from maybe as far back as um, Return of Saturn, like they were going more towards that. Um, I think I've, I've heard them say before, like Tragic Kingdom isn't meant to be a scar album. It, you know, it just, it's a band that used to be, you know, part of a scar scene, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but then like, particularly Rocksteady, which had some reggae vibe to it, um, but then going into like Push and Shove, it's much more new wave sounding. And the band that um, uh, Tony, Adrian and the other chap um, have done since with the guy from AFI, I think that's right. Uh, Davey Havoc. Dreamcar. Again, very 80s. Like could easily be an 80s band that you you just hadn't uncovered until now. and obviously there's there's some influence on the 80s in, in Gwen Solo stuff as well. But I feel like it really sort of like hit a point with this this cover, obviously it being an 80s track. But I feel like they just, they did New Wave in a way that just was pretty true to the genre, which was an 80s genre to be fair to it. But they did it with like a more modern production. So what you've got, I think, in the, in the difference between those two tracks, it's just like a more modern version of that same song. Like it, it doesn't, as you say, it doesn't differ too much. Obviously, you've got female vocal rather than um, what you would have had on the original. But other than that, it's pretty, again, it's pretty true to the original, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But again, it's like they didn't need to. And Gwen's got her vocal styles are enough anyway to make it different. So it's like. Yeah, Gwen could sing the phone book and I'd listen. That's probably true, you know. Christ, we listened to her sing about how to spell bananas Bananas. and we all 
we all sat down and listened to it. Like, oh, yeah, this is how you spell bananas. <laughs> I've never figured it out before. <laughs> um, so, it, well, let's hear, look, uh, maybe let's hear one of yours because it seems like I'm just, I've got one left of mine. <laughs> oh, okay. I've still got three. So let's, let's change it up a gear. I mean, we, we were talking about Scar. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, there we go. Let's shoehorn this one in. Right. This, this really oh, does take go. a bit of a, uh, a, a, a swerve off course. So I've put down uh, less than Jake. Oh, uh, do your shots. Pac-Man. Do your shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drink up, drink up, drink up. We both drank there. I wonder if people... Um, I went for Pac-Man cereal from the TV EP because I just felt like that was a a release, that whole TV EP, that kind of came and went. And I think it was almost like blink and you miss it. Um, So maybe people have forgotten about that that release they did. Uh, But there was, I think, about 15, 16 different tracks on there, obviously in varying length. Now, you could say... Well, is it a cover? Because it wasn't actually a song. It was a it was a commercial. But there was still, you know, it was still a track. Someone had to to write that. So I, I think it does just about just. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, it inclusion. does. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, I, am I remembering this right? With the EP, the way it segued from like each track that like the static. That's right. Noise. It's like a TV changing. So yeah, good how they did that. Yeah. Um, they played. SpongeBob's, and they never told you. They, SpongeBob SquarePants yeah. was. Originally on that though, and they they played that they they played that for a couple of years, didn't they, on their touring? Yeah, I think for a while they were just picking random ones, weren't they, and inserting them in the set. And that's partly why I've included this because it was on the 2015 tour that they did with Yellow Card, where they were playing the Pac Man serial song. All right, cool. Um, I missed and that. they were That's inviting the one, people. One of the one shows I missed. <laughs> <laughs> they're inviting people onto stage during the Pac Man serial song to do this dance which is from the original commercial that the kids do where they like flap their their, their arms up and down uh, to look like pac-man eating cereal right oh wow so i got pulled on to the stage to do that bit right but after that chorus where it says like uh you can do it you can do the pac-man right so that's like the the chorus right then it goes into this breakdown which could not be more or less than jake it's like it's quintessential less than Jake Scar that they just managed to work into this cover that they did right and it's like a bit of like brassy kind of hits and just like um some you know upstrokes on the guitar right and I didn't leave the stage <laughs> I was like this is my big opportunity so I just gave it a bit of a bend from boss tones and just fucking skanked for like the couple of like I guess it was like 20 30 seconds uh and then like everyone got cleared off the stage but i was like this may never happen again and you know I, there surely have been opportunities but i'm not just gonna i'm not just gonna walk onto a lesson jake stage and just dance for the sake of it hold on hold on hold on we've been friends over 20 years right yeah arguably you're my my best friend whether you're not you feel the same about me that's that's for another day but <laughs> why have i never heard that you Obviously, you know, people will know that you've worked with Lesson Jake. You've been lucky enough to have a few side of stage uh, viewings because of the fact you worked with them, not because you're, you know, it, it started off as a business relationship and you've now formed friendships with them. It's not a boast. It's just it is what it is. Why have I never heard that you got on stage and pretended to be a Pac-Man? I, I thought you knew. Sorry. I <laughs> if I did, I've forgotten it. But I feel like that is something I would have remembered. Oh, I'm really um, sorry. I thought you knew that. Um, the story is actually really that. funny. I, I'm, not, I'm not like I'm not. I'm not rethinking our whole friendship now. Um, <laughs> the story is really but, funny. 
It is. I'm the brother. <laughs> so I, I was, um, I went to the gig on my own. I, I travelled up to London. It was when they played two nights at Coco in Camden. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the funny thing was, is that I just I took the train up there, and uh, it was a Tuesday night. So okay, that all happened, and then I got on the train home. And I parked my car at the station and I got back and I just like got into my car and just drove home and like went to work the next day. And that was just so weird being at work the next morning thinking like, I was dancing on a stage in Camden last night and now I'm back here in the office. And it was just one of those just strange moments in life. Um, really small thing, really, but a, a treasured memory. Like, and I'm just, I, I mean, if I'd just done the Pac-Man thing, that would have been good fun. But it was the fact that I thought I'm here, and I just felt that moment, and it just there's something about that little breakdown, bup, 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 and I just thought I'm I'm going for it, and I did, well, uh, and that is why I love that cover. If anyone is going to skank, I would argue that you and I are possibly in the third wave of scar. You and I would be up there, top ten worldwide skanking ability. Hey, we don't like to uh, blow our own horns, but. Uh... <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'd put us against the best. Yeah, we're all you right. Know? The fella from the Red Hot Moon video, he's got, he's just got one up on us. But um, something to strive I'd, for. Yeah, exactly. But I'd argue that some of the skanking we've done is we we've created little skanking circles where we've been the the leaders, shall we say, it's the leaders of men's. Well, the skank, the um, yeah, rather than the mosh. I'd, I'd oh, much prefer I'd, to have a nice little dance. I'll happily get involved. Yeah, I'd sooner do skanking. I can. I can remember now, two thousand three at Real Big Fish. Uh, uh, this little circle opening up and me going, "What the fuck is all this we're doing then?" And just someone going, "It's skanking," and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to start skanking now." And it's, it's basically just running on the spot, but you give it a twist. You oh, learn what no. you're doing. No, oh, you but, no. but you know, you can start. And I'm I'm I'm. Just starting to teach the boys. Um, and, you know, they need to find their own feet. They can't follow in my footsteps. They need to create their own way of doing it. And I, you know, sure. so I can imagine you now in Coco. I'd like to revisit that and see you do it. Maybe if we ever, mm. if the pod ever got to a size where we could rent somewhere to do a live version, maybe That's we do it from the be. Coco and mm. we get you up in front of an audience to skank. And reenact it. Reenact I've it. I've had a look. I, 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 there's a couple <laughs> of times I've looked on I mean, I've looked on YouTube. Stings or something. Uh, (laughs) I've had a look at the Coco. (laughs) I've had a look on YouTube a couple of times to see if anybody (gasps) filmed it. Uh, They must have. To be fair, it's probably best I don't. It might be a bit like when I graduated and I thought that I'd. um, Mate, that that is my Sunday. I've got nothing planned after this. I am literally going to find it. And that is going to be the most amazing thing if I can. And I see you up there. I think I'll cry. I, I really hope it doesn't exist in the way. Because as I say, when I, when I, uh, when I graduated and um, Alex James from Blur was on the stage and I, I bowed to him, or at least I thought I bowed at him. And then I saw the video back and I actually lunged at him. <laughs> I, I, thought he, I thought he winked at me, like as a kind of like a, a bit of like acknowledgement, like, yeah, I'm a musician, you're a musician. We're just, we're the same. We are. <laughs> But actually, in hindsight, I think he flinched because I fucking lunged at him. <laughs> now, that's a story I have heard. And uh, yeah, let me get tired of her. I, I love the... Uh, oh, sorry, I uh, thought I told you the, the Pac-Man one. Well, oh, there you go. It was an opportunity to talk about it. 
I lunged at him. <laughs> yeah, it's quite violent, actually. Do you want me to do uh, another one? Yeah, Not another lunge. That, I mean, check another, another one another in. Then I've got a couple of more honourables, and then maybe we'll have a little go at this. Um, what are they called? I don't know. No, the five. Oh, Hall of Famers. <laughs> I knew. I just wanted you to say it. Right. Okay. Uh, well, this 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 one is close to the to being Hall of Fame, but I feel like it's another one that people might have forgotten about, and that's All Saints under the bridge, which ah. I feel like there was a stage where this might have been like the biggest cover or one of the most prolific covers that we knew of, because obviously the Chili Peppers song is huge. It it, it kind of defined that band. Like I don't think that band would be as big had they not had that hit. But when the All Saints song came out. I I would question whether I'd ever heard the the Chili Peppers song. I think it was just a little bit before my time. Um, so I was basing it on the All Saints version alone, and I probably it's probably years later when we started to listen to watch Kerrang and that sort of thing that became more aware of the Chili Peppers version. But I would argue that this is one of the greatest covers of all time because they have done it in such a way that is a total departure from the style of Chili Peppers. Is a massive risk because surely they must have been um, completely slated for taking a cover like this. But All Saints were such a cool band. Like, I feel like if Spice Girls had tried to do this, it would have just fallen so flat. And and I don't think Spice Girls did any covers, actually. But All Saints did two. This was actually a double A side. Do you remember remember that? When he's like, you get two singles released at once. Um, It went to number one. So it was was this and Lady Marmalade, which I don't rate. And obviously that was then done again by uh, Pink, Christine Aguilera and some people when they when the Moulin Rouge film came out. Um, Missy Elliott. So that, that became number one by association. I don't think it was half as good. But this Under the Bridge, there's something just so moody and cool about it. And I feel like, whereas obviously the Spice Girls songs are good, I don't think they've aged quite as well as All Saints stuff has. And a lot of that is down to the production. Um, Spice Girls was, was a lot more sort of like chirpy and kind of happy-go-lucky, whereas All Saints had a bit more of a kind of a groovy sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think this has stood the test of time, this song. Um, but it's 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 totally it's radically different, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I can't. I I've, I have no argument. I agree completely. Um, you are you've you've kept in touch with the All Saints stuff more <laughs> kept than in I touch. have. Um, <laughs> I've not danced on stage with them. <laughs> you and you and Chesney, um, you sort of bezies. Um, but I, I've. I might be doing myself an incredible disservice here, but I've got a feeling when it first came out, I hadn't heard the Chili's version. And I just no, I don't think own, I had. And I think I just thought it was their own track. And I just thought, this is a great track. You know, this is... Because there was a stage where bands like um, Eternal, All Saints, Spice Girls, you know, those bands, it was like... they, they were. You can pretend, you can fucking, and it does annoy me sometimes, you can pretend that you didn't know what they were up to and you can pretend, oh, well, I wasn't a fan, but everyone was. Not not so much a fan, but you knew the songs. If, so, if Spice Girls... I think if you, were, if, if you are our age at that point, then you were, yeah. You couldn't avoid it. This is the thing, you couldn't avoid it. And that Under the Bridge cover, you couldn't avoid. You, yeah. There's no way you could approach someone our age and go, do you know that? And then go, never heard of it. Who are all saints? You just that you'd be lying. You would be lying. And this, <laughs> like you said, they did a, such an amazing version. And it, you know, they added their own spin to it. And obviously, they used the elements that you know the four of them. They each had a different role in the band. And 
yeah, I think I think it's a cracking cover. I've got no argument to say that you're wrong. I think you're completely right. I think it's a great a great cover version. Um, I'd say it's possibly more interesting than the original. Not not that doesn't mean it's as as good, but what they did added different elements to it. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the original is a bit sort of. Just very, I, I, I've literally done something with my hand there, and then remembered we're recording. Um, but um, <laughs> one note, one note. It's very on one level. Mm. Whereas the All Saints versions, there's different elements, isn't there? Uh, but it's a yeah, it's a great cover. I think. I think chilies were kind of lauded for a bit when we were young. Um, I think obviously we were around for the release of uh, By the Way, and I think there was a sort of a real resurgence in. Hey, Chili Peppers are a good band, and that led right up until about two thousand and six, seven, whatever it was that they played Reading and did a total hash job of the headline set. And I think from that point onwards, Chili Peppers were not in people's favour after after that, and they, and they've kind of just fallen by the wayside a little bit. Um, but there was a there was a time where if I think if we'd have tried to argue that the All Saints version is cooler that I think we'd have been laughed out of the room. But uh, yeah, again, yeah. I'll die on that hill. Yeah. I thought, I think, yeah, it's a great inclusion. I think it's, uh, and it's nice to have something different. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that sort of c- would come out around the similar time to Under the Bridge that I could mention, but I think that chilly song. Um, shall I do my fifth one? Go for it. Which is a complete sort of curveball and... I should state, I'm not a fan of the original as such, but I think because of the album this cover comes from was such a pivotal, a pivotal, pivotal album. Um, and I wonder if anyone would have guessed that there might have been a Nirvana track in these covers, but their cover of Man Who Sold the World, originally by David Bowie, and it comes off the Unplugged album, which arguably is the biggest, probably unplugged album of all time you know uh, Alice in Chains have done one Nirvana um, um, Pearl Jam have done one Oasis have done one but arguably the you know Nirvana people I'd almost say this is as big as like Bleach and in utero this album itself because of how they did this acoustic performance for MTV and their version of Man Who Sold The World is just so beautifully done with Kurt's vocals over the top and it makes it almost almost makes it sound like a different song like the lyrics mean something different and it's just yeah it's just it just goes to show how good a musician Kurt was and the the rest of the guys in the band to be fair um because they just they just and then like Dave playing with the um the drumsticks that are just like um, loads of little bits to make it lighter brushes. rather than the brush it. Thank you. I don't know why I fucking forgot brush it, but the boom, 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 the man who's, and it's just Kurt's delivery of it. It just makes it sound like so sad almost, but it's such a good cover. And I think maybe I'm slightly, um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'm choosing that because I love that album. I'm not the biggest of Nirvana fans. Like, I like, I own a couple of the albums on vinyl, but I wouldn't say they're my regular plays. Like, I love the best of. Um, but that that Unplugged album is is incredible. There's not a bad track on it. And I think what they did with this song 
to t- any, anyone tackling a David Bowie song. Again, he's not my, I never got into David Bowie and I've been back and got into these iconic artists where I've gone, oh, this is what I'm missing. And I tried it with David Bowie. I've, 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 tr- I've listened to stuff and I've gone, so okay, what am I missing? Because I've done it with other people. Like I've done it with Neil Young recently and I've gone, oh, I get it. Yeah, I can hear it now. And, um, not the same with Bruce Springsteen because as soon as I heard him, I was like invested in that. I was like, ah, I like this. I like this fella. Who's this fella? And uh, you know, when you go back and listen to all the Bruce albums, it's just like, oh right, yeah, he's got a whole fucking like he's got years worth of amazing material. Some isn't as good, but you know, he he's just got a whole like five hundred songs and four hundred and sixty of them are unbelievable. But David Bowie is one of those ones where I've gone back and I thought, all right, what have I missed? What have I missed? And I've just not, I've still not got it. Um, but this this cover is insane. And it's my only one on the list where I don't like the original. Um, the other four I love. The uh, You know, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, It's My Life, Dancing in the Dark, and Animal Nitrate. I love them all. This is the only one where I really don't care for the original. But I think what Nirvana did with it is phenomenal. Um yeah, so yeah, that that one is uh, acoustic. It's there for everyone. I'm so, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people don't know it. But yeah, great track. I I don't know. I I recognise the um the riff as you were going through it then, but I don't. I, I just don't know it that well. I I've not got a lot to I can add on that one. Um, other than <laughs> other than um, I I get the Bowie thing. Um. I I just it's it's not done a lot for me, but then occasionally I do hear bits of his stuff, and I'm like I kind of like that. But yeah, it's not an artist that I've ever delved much into. Is it not? No, Sam Sam's uh, a fan of of some of it, and I think her her dad's a big fan. And I've had I've I've bought him Bowie books and stuff over the years, so I kind of have a bit of a connection there. But I I just don't know much of his stuff really. I'm I'm sure there's something in there that I'm missing out on that I'd enjoy, but yeah, I don't know don't know the original. Don't well, the cover. <laughs> luckily, this isn't. Luckily, this isn't a Bowie episode because we wouldn't have a lot to say. And I know that a lot of people do love him, you know. And like, oh, he was iconic. And Black Stars, you know, it's amazing that he released his best album knowing when he had like his illness. And obviously, it's tragic. He was good in extras. Yeah, he was so good in extras. Um, <laughs> Uh, people but yeah, always rave about Labyrinth. Supposedly, that's a good film. Well, you can see his package uh, because of how tight his trousers were, which is. Oh, okay. Fitting. Maybe that's maybe yeah. that's what it was. Um, um, well, the one that I've got to finish on uh, my final one. Perhaps you. I don't know whether how familiar you'll be with either of these, but it's uh, a song by Tegan and Sarah, which is on their album The Con. Uh, and yeah. for the tenth anniversary, they did a album where they invited other artists to do covers of the songs. And they they got some some big names. I think Cindy Lauper did a cover for it. Um, there's a really good rendition of one of the songs by Hayley Williams, which I think was probably one of the first solo things that she did. Um, but the one that I've picked is uh, called "Call It Off," uh, and it's by my other all-time favourite band, Churches. Now, the original is quite a heartbreaking song. Uh, but churches have seemed to just like have made it even more like devastating. And I think it's just like the kind of like churches have a really good way of just like creating these big like audio landscapes. And it's just such a 
cold, like dreamy, almost dreary kind of a sound. Like, but it's done because churches have such an iconic sound and it's so different to Tegan and Sarah. Like, this could, if I just sent you this and just said, hey, here's a cool church's song, you'd go, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And you wouldn't have ever known that it was this obscure album track from a Tegan and Sarah album. So this this wasn't a cover for the masses. It was a cover for Tegan and Sarah fans, really. And I just oh. happened to be sat in that Venn diagram in the middle where <laughs> Tegan and Sarah and churches cover, uh, cross over. Um, so I love this. And it's, it's one of my favorite churches tracks. Um, and yeah, it's a Tegan and Sarah cover. Um, but the whole album is really good. Uh, and I like that. Like we were talking, weren't we, about different things bands could do for um, 10th anniversaries. And you were telling me earlier on about the Wonder years and what, what they're doing. Around oh, spoiler, these, spoiler. These, these tracks. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll come on to that at some point. Um, but I, I thought it was a really good idea to, to do this. And it was it was great to, to hear a lot of those songs, well, the whole album, uh, reimagined. Yeah, well. no, I... I I listened to the weirdly. I don't know why, but I listened to the other four that you'd picked in full, and I was like jamming them. And I never got onto this one, so unfortunately, I don't have a lot to add. Um, and I, that, so I do apologise because I asked you for yours so I could listen to them. Um, That's all right, <laughs> you've got this one to look forward to. But um, in terms of two newer artists, should we say? I know Tegan and Sarah have been out a while now, uh, probably twenty years plus. Oh. Not new at all, then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, churches, how long have they been out? What? Uh, about 10 years. T- 10 years. So, yeah. relatively speaking, newer artists. Um, and they didn't, th- this particular song didn't make the, um, the Hall of Fame. But this is an interesting thing, and I really wanted to talk about it. Covering a brand new song when you're a brand new band. And that okay. is arguably one of the biggest artists currently out there, Billie Eilish, bad guy. And then the interrupters covering it mm-hmm. and it becoming easily one of the biggest interrupters tracks also. Mm-hmm. And both bands and they've both been out roughly as, as, as yeah. interrupters, maybe a couple of years more, but it, how do you feel about that? When a band covers like a brand new song, um, we are offenders for this. Um, we we used to do exactly this, didn't we? Like we would always have in our set a recent cover, and yeah. I think the rationale was always that if people were seeing us for the first time and they didn't know any of our songs, they at least might remember us for 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 doing covers. And I can almost remember exactly the list that we did. I think the first one was Miley Cyrus, Seven Things, Seven Things I Hate yeah. About You, whichever it's called. Yep. Uh, then we did. Uh, Black Eyed Peas. Um, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. Which people loved it when we did that. But now that song's Plymouth just like didn't. Plymouth didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's becoming a running joke on the podcast. <laughs> about there was no fucker at Plymouth. Um, that song's been confined to the bin of history. I feel like people just that got so overplayed. A bit. Like I heard Uptown it. Funk. I heard it. I swear on your life. Heard it today with the boys in the van. Wow. And um, that sounds like a, um, a band name, The Boys in the Van, you know. But um, And I was like, Daddy covered this. And the boys oh, did go. not care care for yeah. it. And they asked me to put on their favorite song at the moment is Imagine Dragons, Believer. Pick me oh, up, wow. pick me up, Believer. And both of them. Anyway, that's a different story. But yeah, um, we did uh, Lily Allen. Um, yes. The, the Fear. fear. 
That was the next. Which, oh fuck no! I think that might have come. That came before the Black Eyed Peas one. Yeah, did it? Um, yeah, I think it. Yeah, okay. So I've got that a bit confused. I think so. I think it was Miley Cyrus, Seven Things, Lily Allen, The Fear, uh, Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling. Then it was Gaga. Um, yeah. Bad romance. That, by the way, if you listen to our tour memories episode, you would have heard a little bit of a clip of that in an Easter egg that I, I put in at the end of the episode, which it was, I don't know whether everyone caught that. It was heavy um, as fuck. Yes, it was. Every night. So um, good. So and then the good. The last though. one, the last one that we did was uh, Jason Derulo uh, riding solo. Solo, yeah. Um, Which I don't know if I really showed off my vocal talents. I like doing that. I, I, I loved Gaga because of how the crowd reacted to it. Um, but I, I really loved The Fear, to be honest, by Lily Allen. I want to be rich and I want lots of money. And oh no, actually, thinking about hitting that chorus now, uh, I think I needed heavy backing vocals from Tom there. I don't know it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it went quite high, actually. I'm just thinking about that now. I like that one just because the uh, there was like a there was a key. Uh, part in it that um that sounded like the the um the setting that we used on the Korg for other Canada Water songs. So I did I could play it as it were, you know, as the keyboard was set up for um the other tracks and it, it sort of blended in quite na- uh, quite naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh I think that was probably that might have been my uh personal favourite as well. Although as you say, yeah, Gaga was fun. But there you go. So that was why we did it. I suppose the other examples of it is like as you were saying earlier on about Live Lounge, like quite often they'll pick a, a recent song, won't they? Yeah. Um, but you're right well, about fr- the Interrupters one. That has become well, um, synonymous big. almost with, with, with the band, yeah. Well, another one that Frank did was... Um, oh, God. I've said that and then I've forgotten it. But it's, it's a take that track. Um, um, Frank did it on Live Lounge with Fern Cotton. Um, greatest Day. Greatest Day. And I... I yeah, it was it was good. It was all right. It wasn't my favourite cover he was ever done, but certainly was decent. Was okay. Really so here's good. another question for you. Oh, then. okay. Songs that you really like that are calling out for a cover because it's not done by I don't know. It's not done by let's say a, a credible artist, right? So let's say a oh. pop song. All right. Well done. That Hold is on. covered Hold on. by. I think there's an argument there. Um, stop it. Start recording again. We'll do an episode on take that there. Um, a credible artist. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about take that at all. All right. I've, look, the I've got one in mind, and I love this artist. So when when I say it, you 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 understand that I'm not having a, a slight on take that at all. Um. So, but in the broader conscious, it's an artist that people go mm, a bit naff, right? So it's calling out for a cover from a cooler artist to 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 do it, right? And it even gets done by a band that you like. And you don't like their cover. Can you think of any like that? Because I've got one that I I just I think absolutely just missed the mark totally on what could have been huge for them. This is a brief interval whilst we think about uh, it. Possible. I, so wait, the, so the band who do the original aren't that cool. Yeah. And then a band has covered it, but you think they've missed the mark. They could have done it yes. better. And it's a band it, that you liked. 
Is it Newfound Glory? Kiss me. Um, no, no, it's not that one. That wasn't the one I was thinking of. But Irish? Um, I'm trying to. But I would say is it that Newfound I definitely... Glory. No, it's not Newfound Glory. <laughs> but that, right, that's okay. a good. That's a good pull because I definitely prefer the original for Ooh. that one. Um, Same, um, but I I put them down because obviously Newfound Glory have become almost synonymous with this from screen to your stereo albums yeah. they do and they've done iris they've done kiss me they did um the bloody theme from um never ending story on the other one i tell you what i do really like from that second one they did because they've done three now i don't think i've even heard the yeah third i think it's one. free yeah the second one the king of wishful thinking yeah suited his voice though didn't it it's certain yeah um, suited jordan's voice um yeah that was so a really he, good cover do you want me to tell so, you the one i was thinking of well, unless it's Gary Jules' Mad World, I, I'm afraid I don't know. It is Horrible Crows, which were um, a side project that Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem yeah, yeah, yeah. did. And I really liked the Horrible Crows album. It was great. He did a cover for, or they did a cover for their live album of Katy Perry's uh, Teenage Dream, which oh, wow. I, I think Teenage Dream is one of the greatest songs ever written i think it's got the best middle eight in it as well um and i would i would love to hear anyone cover it because i think it's such a good song that it, it almost it's, it it would be interesting to hear people do it so when i sort of heard they'd done it i was like oh great there's like going to be a, a a credible version of it that i can point to people and say look this is a great song you just perhaps don't like the the production shine that's on the katie perry original and the, the version comes out and oh my god i just i can't bear it i can't bear it at all i really don't like what they did with it ah. um so i i have to go back to the katie perry one and just continue to fight my corner of of how good a song that actually is i'm trying to think of other songs where they've missed the mark um the thing is for me i've written down a lot of bands that well, let, let, let's let's delve in, shall we? Let's delve in. And I've just realised the Hall of Famers needs a sixth member. Um, so we'll start off with the sixth member, Future Towns of Love. All right, we'll just keep these yep. these ones brief. Okay. Uh, amazing. Are you in agreement with that as a cover goes? Oh, yeah, definitely. Launch their career, for sure. Yeah, launch their career, huge. All right. Real Big Fish, Take On Me. Not... Yep. Massive on the original, think it's a really good cover. Goldfinger, 99 Red Balloons, clearly up there in the Hall of Famers. Great version. Yeah. I it's mean, now these, that- are, these are songs that, you know, kids growing up in that era, and even now hearing them, they might just, they might only know those covers. Well, yeah. Save Ferris, come on, Arlene. There'll be people yeah. who never delved into the back catalogue of Save Ferris to realise how good they were. Mm-hmm. and just accepted that they did that one cover. Whereas if they'd gone back to previous albums, they would have gone, oh, actually, that she can do a lot more than just cover Come On Eileen. But that's, that's mm. for another, that that's possibly for another episode. Bands who should have been bigger, but unfortunately a cover overshadowed what they'd yeah. done previously. And Save Ferris are definitely one of those bands because that, those, is it two albums? Um, the two originally, yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. They're amazing Scar albums, and she's a phenomenal vocalist. And unfortunately, and they sort of, coming on recently, they've had this resurgence. But they are a band that are only known for Come On Eileen, and it's a shame. 
It's a real, yeah. it's a real shame for say Ferris, and it's a real shame for Scar the, Punk fans. Yeah, I say the same with the Ataris. Like, I, I think the Ataris really well, the, got. Um, and they're on the Hall of Famers. They are in the Hall of Famers list. No, mm. yeah. um, but sorry, players. carry on. No, no, no. That was that was what I was going to say. Is I just I, I think they kind of got uh, a bit tied to that and struggled to move past it. Sadly, I I I do wonder if that's why he started pushing the album shows because he was one of the first champions of the the, the you know the Blue Skies and the mm-hmm. Sun on Astoria album shows because we yeah. were fortunate as a band to play one of those shows, um, and. I wonder if he did that to sort of step away from the cover, but obviously the cover is involved in, you know, yeah. he all... there was one point he really showed away from it and, and, and refused to play it. Um, and, I, and that's understandable because they're yeah, a band I, I that totally had a that. better back catalog than the, just the cover. But yeah. obviously we're, we're speaking as fans of these bands, um, a band that I would argue that they the album that it came out, out on deserved more is alien ant farm, smooth criminal. When you can do Smooth Criminal and then release a single like Movies, I'd argue Movies for me is a better song. Not, not, not Movies is such a good track and they're always remembered for Smooth Criminal. But, you know, and even the album they released after that, I sort of bought, I I think it's in the garage somewhere. It's, it's a really, really good album. And I, I, I wonder if they're due a, a resurgent because... If they hadn't have done Smooth Criminal and just done movies, I wonder if they'd be yeah, at the same say, same level as like a Bowling for Soup now or something like that, yeah. you know, being part of a tour package, like a double co-headliner of maybe a, a Shepherd's Bush or a, or a London mm. Forum or something. Um, the, the, it's it's really difficult because if you're like a... Weezer do it, have done it well. They're known for like Hashpipe... Um, Buddy Holly, they've got um, Keep Fishing, they've got these big tracks. And they sort of waited to the point where they couldn't be any bigger to drop the Teal album. Yeah. Whereas some of these That's some of these bands, some of these uh, some of these covers that bands are doing, they do to start their career. Like mm. Future Heads, I'd argue that they've had a decent career from it at a certain level. But did that spoil it? Did that ruin it for him? Whereas, like a Maximo Park, who we discussed in a pre in uh, two episodes ago with their new album, they've kept this amazing line. They um, sort of there's a stamina there. There's an endurance in their career where they've maybe wavered slightly, but they've just had a number two album. They've just had a fucking number two album, and they're not known for a cover. Whereas Future Heads, I would say, definitely had a dip and. I don't want them to have a dip because I'm a Future Heads fan, but they definitely did have a dip. And it's probably because they were so known for that that cover, you know, and you, you can't maintain a career on a cover. That's, unfortunately, it's just not... Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse for them, isn't it? it exactly that. It is a blessing and a curse. Um, but, you know, I, I, personally, I, if a cover's done well, I love a cover. I think a cover can add something to a set, you know, Feeder have done a couple of covers in the past, not on albums, but in live shows like Can't Stand Losing You uh, by The Police. They did that at a Reading Festival and that became a bit of a tour song for maybe a year. And then they moved it on and they, you know, it, they added another one. Um, and bands, I like, I think bands when they can do that, it's quite good. Just add it to a live set and 
possibly not record it, but obviously if you're doing like a B-side, like Blink-182, The Greatest Hits, they did Dancing With Myself. Terrible cover. Not needed on The Greatest Hits. Um, uh, it was Never Go on Another Planet, wasn't it? I thought they, they, I thought they've definitely done Dancing With Myself. Oh, possibly, well. yeah. The, the, I think the one that was on The Greatest Hits was Another Girl on Another Planet. Look at um, me with my blink knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Um, but another girl... Oh, no, Blink have done it. Yes, thank you, Edward. Yes, but is it on the greatest hits? Um, I don't know. <laughs> don't worry. Um, um, should we have I a look think... at some of the ones that people sent in? Yeah, have you got um, them tagged? Yeah. Uh, so, let's have a quick look. Uh, Josh Marquis, he suggested... Um, Wave of Mutilation. Now, that's a Pixie song originally. I don't know the band that he suggested that covered it. Uh, Gouge Away? Any any knowledge of this? <laughs> I'm afraid I had no knowledge of this. No. Um, <laughs> Do you know the original? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um... <laughs> okay, moving swiftly on. Uh, Tom, Boxroom Art Tom. Uh, he we, we uh Mad Cuddy's cover of She, which was on the yeah. cover album that he did. Great yeah. cover and some really good stuff on that album as well. Yeah, um, really good suggestion. Let's see what else we've got. Uh, Thank you, Other Ed, he suggested uh, Biffy doing the Frightened Rabbit track, uh, The Modern Leper. Uh, I think that was from a covers album. It might have even been a benefit album, obviously. Um, I think, it was, a, I think Scott, it was from a benefit album, yeah. Scott sadly um, took his life, didn't he? Uh, Fraser, uh, running on PMA <laughs> on Instagram, uh, he suggested uh, Son of a Gun. Uh, the Nirvana track, which was covered by the the Vaselines. Now, I think when I saw this posted, I think I just accepted it as it was the vaccines. And I was like, oh, I didn't know the vaccines did that. But now I'm reading it out. It was not. It was the Vaselines. Um, yeah. And I think we've got one more from yeah, Matt Buck uh, from Emo Dad podcast. Uh, I, I wound him up a little bit on our thread about this because it was an emo song. Um, and the song is... Uh, in Circles, which was a Sunny Day Real Estate song, and it's covered by this really long-named band. The world is a beautiful place, and I am no longer afraid to die. Oh, yes, I saw that you commented. Um... <laughs> Hopefully you got what I meant by saying emo. I, he's not spoke to me since. Uh... Uh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. He's been typecast. Um, but, yeah, there were some good suggestions. Thanks for sending them in, everyone. And uh, keep them coming if you've got some If you've got some more that you've... Uh, that this I conversation feel, I feel, is. I feel like I should go on the Facebook page now, but there was like, there was like twenty suggestions. This might warrant two uh, playlists, maybe one of our choices, and then one of some of the other suggestions as well, so people can check those out. Well, yeah, I think let's do a playlist because there's a couple of other ones I would have loved to have delved into. Um, American Hi-Fi. Um, there was a Smiths sort of tribute album which 100 reasons did a how soon is now cover and this this that topics on bands that i love who did a cover that i hate and million dead did a cover of girlfriend in a coma and i really don't like the cover but i fucking Uh, love million dead um there you go then there's one and then there's um movements who are sort of a newer band did a cover of losing my religion which i really like um one that i didn't um sent to you and i'm 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 so uh i'm so like unsure whether to uh there's a cover that i that showed up on my release radar uh in the last couple of weeks and it's um a fleetwood mac 
cover. It's uh, everywhere. And um, I'm just going to pull up who it was. Uh, bear me just a second. I should have made a note of this. Uh, Small Pools, who I don't have any knowledge of otherwise, but I, I don't know why this showed up on my release radar. Um, now, I quite like it, and I've put it on my playlist, and I've been enjoying it. Now, it doesn't do much different to the original Fleetwood song, and I think right now a lot of bands are pulling a lot of that era of Fleetwood in their songwriting style and even production style, that very sort of clean kind of like poppy um approach to to songwriting and production um but i've just been enjoying the cover and i think it's just because it's just i don't know it's just a, a slightly fresher sounding updated version of the original song which i also love so I, i've been quite enjoying it but I, I as i say i've been reluctant to send it to you because i think you're gonna hate it <laughs> um, being such a big fleetwood fan well a track that came up in my release radar friday which was so random because i think that's when we confirmed that this would be the topic for the next show. Maybe it was Thursday. Maybe it was the day after. Uh, an artist that I'm not really aware of, but I guess because I like Ben Howard and I was listening to a lot of that, he came up. Um, Luke Sital Singh has done a cover of Time After Time. And, oh, okay. Oh, my God. It's, 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 it's an acoustic version. It's downbeat, and it's more like time after time, but it's beautiful. So uh, let's add it to the playlist because it is cool. a great. Really yeah, I, I, I love the original. Um, was, this is the one. thing. I think there's such an argument for you're going to like a cover. You've got more of a chance of liking a cover more if you like the original. That's that's definitely. Have we, have we come to that conclusion? I, I think that's probably a fair. I think judgment. so. If you don't like the original, there's there's none that I've got down where. I don't, yeah, I think most of the ones, I've, I've barred David Bowie, I've, I've liked the original. Um, How Soon Is Now in Love, I love that, you know, even your suggestions, I'd argue that I like all the originals as well. Um, bar the one I didn't get the time to listen to, but yeah. Um, obviously big discussion. Say, big, well, yeah, big discussion. And I think it, everyone will have covers that they like. And I'd love to know if, if people listen to the episode, get in our DMs, what are your thoughts on me first in the Gimme Gimmies? I've got, I don't. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the key question emerging from this. No, no, no. But I'm not against them. I'm really not against them. I'm, it just for me, I don't quite, it's not my thing. I, I think feel, they do a good job of being a, just a wedding covers band. band. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but, they're they're but great I think, live. I think what, what, just to quickly put this to bed. But also don't put it to bed. Let's just put the sheet on and then hopefully other people can add the pillows later. But for me, I know that I could probably find a very good guitarist and say, can you do a punk cover of this? And they'd be able to recreate what Me First and the Gimme Gimmies are doing. And there's an argument to say that about anyone. You get the chords of a track and add an acoustic guitar. Most of the acoustic artists are going to do a similar thing. And that's fair enough, but I think there's just a you know the I believe I believe I can fly, bah, 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 bah. I believe I can touch the sky. It's just it is just sped up, isn't it? And for me, I guess I was never really not fooled. I don't think fooled is the term because that 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 would say they're not because all of them are great musicians. You know that original lineup of like Joey Cape, Chris mm. Shiflett from the Foo Fighters. Um, uh, I think it's Fat Mike. You've got um the drummer from Lagwagon as well. And then you had, 
Oh, Spike. I forgot his name. Spike, thank you. They're all, Spike can really sing, mm. like, most amazing voice. And I like some of his ukulele stuff that he's done. Um, and obviously, all the other guys are amazingly talented musicians. So I'm not saying it's easy to do, because I personally couldn't pick up a guitar and do it. But what I'm saying is, I think, tell a, tell a band of five incredible musicians to do a punk rock cover of, um, you know, Jump. And then all do the same thing. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean yeah. that with any discredit, but no, I think I think there's a, there's a default. There's a default, isn't there? That to do a punk cover, you just you play the song as it is and speed it up. And I I agree. If that's what people go for, I I can't stand it. It almost grates on me. Like I just find it a bit cringy. But I think in some cases they probably have done that. In other in other cases, when they play it truer to the original, and it's just they're just playing it in a punk rock band so to speak you know I, I prefer those um and definitely they're a better band to see live than just to listen to on, on yeah record. i think that's that that would be a conclusion I've, I've seen them live and they are fun live and yeah i do you know you do sing along because you know the tracks but uh, yeah i think you find you put dave Grohl, um another bassist you know D- noodles from offspring blah 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 and it's become a bit of a thing during lockdown, hasn't it? Um, yeah, Mikey and his Duke, um, he's getting like five different people or four different people and they're covering songs. Mm. So it's, it's what me first and the Gimme Gimme's have on their side is that they were the first people to do it. In a, in a big way, yeah. Um, yeah you know, but but they're, they're top ones that I can think of. Rocketman, Jolene. Um, country roads. It's literally I could sing you it now. You know, Jolene, 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 Jolene. It's just you know, uh, Rocket Man. Rocket Man. I would argue is probably my favourite that they've done because it's not. You couldn't speed it up as much as they usually do. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I suppose it is slightly clever because they were the first people to do it. So speaking of punk covers. Um... One of the uh, most oddly successful things that I've been a part of um, is my friend uh, Karis, Larry Carter, who um, used to do some fantastic covers. She she was very good at picking a set of, of songs to play live. Um, she had a few of her own, but she did, she picked mostly covers and, and obviously had a good music taste. She um, did her cover of uh, The Misfits, uh, Saturday Night. And yeah, we yeah. filmed a few of these videos in the the Cliffside Railway uh, on Bournemouth Beach. Um, and the Misfits cover that she did has had like hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. Um, and it just, I don't know why. It's, it's somewhere, some point along the line, it must have been added to like a Misfits fan playlist or something. Because it still is going up in numbers now. And it's, it's been up for probably about 10 years. Um, but it's really good. I'll, I'll put a link in the... Um, in the show notes yeah, so people can it. check that out because it it's a beautiful cover I mean she's got a fantastic voice and she did a great cover of Pearl Jam as well didn't she uh, yeah I'm trying to think which Pearl Jam song it was that she did um, um, you know Pearl Jam better than I do Wish mm, can't remember she does um, uh, in the in the garage or garage as we call it by Weezer and it's very good 
Um, maybe I'll make a playlist of her songs. Um, okay, well, I think we've we've covered a lot there, um, and uh-huh. probably there's another a whole other episode we could do just picking up from where we left off. So perhaps we'll come back to it in the future. But for now, uh, if you've enjoyed this and you want to uh, find more about us, then you can follow us on uh, Two Track Mind Pod on Instagram and. Uh, Twitter. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You can find the group and the page there. Uh, and we're slowly putting together a new version of our website, which is at twotrackmind.co.uk. Uh, Edward, Ooh. where can people find you? Um, not that I'm doing much running, but um, at Run with Ed um, on Twitter and Instagram. And yourself? I am at Liam Toms on Instagram, Twitter, and liamtoms.com. Ooh, I need a uh, I need another white claw after that. It's uh, it's been a big one, um, but hopefully people are enjoying the longer episodes. Um, and uh, if you aren't, then perhaps you're probably not even listening at this point. So those of you that are still listening, thanks. I'm glad you enjoyed it and you stuck till the end. Um, go and check out the playlist and listen to some of these great covers. Uh, that'd be all for now. Goodbye. Bye.